Welcome to Survivor at Home, the podcast. We are following Survivor 43, and we're here to break down what an episode, episode 12. My name is Jordan. I'm here alongside Andrew, my co-host. Andrew, just wow. Wow. What an episode, man. I'm still reeling. I, I, I don't know if anyone's seen my Twitter timeline today, but it has been reeling in shock and awe and glory and just excitement after watching this episode. This was so much fun to see go down this week, and we are going to get to break it down. We sure are. Oh, and Jordan, I have a little early uh, Christmas present. We actually have a special guest joining us for the podcast tonight. Welcoming to oh. the podcast. Oh, no way. Okay, so obviously the people listening can't hear this, but I'm I'm shocked. I had no idea about this. Hi, but Jordan. Hello, Vicky Cade, and hello, Paul Cade as well. Join. Are you guys joining us as guest episodes for this episode here? We are. We are. Yeah, we've been begging to be on this podcast for a full year, and understandably, you know, you guys are uh, a pretty big deal. But we're thankful to be here tonight. Special guests. I just told him he got a gift for all his hard work. And on behalf of the Survivor at Home community, we have real Survivor legends here. Paul this and Vicky joining us. Oh, for I, I had no idea this was coming. This is live surprise on the podcast. So this is awesome. Well, welcome in. I'm sure Paul and Vicky, you are just thrilled about this episode as well. Give us a couple of thoughts to start off. It, it, yeah, it was amazing. The layer of, of blinds I was thinking about, but the, I mean, you know, it's what, obviously you want to go to but the blind side into the blind side i have a couple anecdotes like just when you thought jesse leaves the gang life you know it's like you can walk away from the gang life but i can't walk away from you he he just like cold-blooded was that was one of i have a question we don't have to get to it now but i thought where does that move rank in all-time survivor blind sides it's worth the conversation i know there's recency mm -hmm. bias but i thought about that and uh, it was, that was epic. I mean, it was epic. I loved Cody, love him. And I still was like, yeah, but that move was so nasty and good. So there's a lot I have to say about it, but Vicky can. I mean, I felt emotionally connected to last night's episode and we can talk about that later, but <laughs> I myself have been blindsided by an ally, a, a really close friend. I would say someone I trusted. And so I really... I think Jesse did what I couldn't do. And, you know, I felt for Cody because I've definitely been there before, but we were handed such a great episode. We're so excited to talk about it tonight. And thanks for having us. We can't wait. It's an honor to be here. That's we're so it. excited to have you on. Jordan, I know uh, we're going to find out who that individual might be later on as we discuss. <laughs> yeah, we might find out. And Paul, to your, question, <laughs> to your question about, you know, one of the all-time moves, uh, I would love, you know, people to to write in as you're listening to this. What do you think might be one of the best moves of all time? Because this has to be right up there. Uh, this is your first time, Paul and Vicky, on the Survivor at Home podcast. This is our third season, almost near the very end. And uh, you're on. And we one thing that we always ask first time guests is a little bit of their Survivor history. So just in a minute or two, tell us about your journey to becoming fans of Survivor and what brought you here tonight. I mean, I have always loved Survivor as a show. Early on, watched it a lot. But then I kind of went through a phase, I would say, like like a five-year phase where I was not as invested in the show. And then Paul and I have this shared love of the show. And so I feel like in more recent years, we kind of started getting back into it. And I mean, I just love it as a show. I think it's 
so great for so many different reasons. And then I'm here tonight because of Survivor at Home. We got to play together, Paul and I, in the first season. Um, and we could not stop talking, but I couldn't sleep for like a week because it was just such an amazing experience on so many different levels. And so I'm still invested in Survivor at Home. When I don't play it, I ask for the Zoom link so I can watch it at one in the morning because I'm like thinking about it. So yeah, that's kind of what brings me to this tonight. I, yes, I, a lot of what Vicky said, um, we love Survivor. We are both competitive people. I think one of the things we appreciate about Survivor is it's a very unique competition. And it is, it is unlike a lot of other things where you, again, not to say the obvious, but like the idea of physical competition combined with mental, combined with social, like it is yeah. so unique. And I, I feel like I'm a survivor apologist. Like there are times where I'm just like, okay, I'm a fan, you know? And then as soon as somebody goes, oh, it's a, a reality show, right? I did air quotes for listeners. A re it's, not, it's not real. Like it's all for production. And I'm like immediately going, no, 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 you don't understand. This, this, this stuff is real. I'm immediately going 30 pounds they lose and all this, like this. And, uh, so that's where I know, like, oh, yeah, like I'm a, a very, very uh, deep-rooted fan. So, And it. also, I feel like we realized we're big fans. We got to talk to Ryan from this season with our son as, like, a birthday gift type thing, surprise. And I could feel myself fan. Like, I was a super fan. Like, I was like, okay, I want to ask him questions, like, freaking out about it. So I feel like that was – and you did, too. So I feel like we were, like, we're pretty big fans. That was a smooth name drop right there. Like, oh, by the way, we did a FaceTime <laughs> with Ryan, who's on the jury in the season. Uh, but you guys we, did like a whole podcast with him, I heard. It was like a 45-minute conversation. It, it started with, this is this is honestly true, okay? Like, I was excited about it. And then I'm thinking it's going to be quick, as was Vicky. And it's like, okay, Jordan is kind of leading us. And it slowly shifted to like Paul and Vicky going, okay, but can we ask you another question about this? And uh and he was amazing. Right. Such a nice guy. That's right. I, I'm curious, having, I don't know if I've ever talked in per, I, I've messaged on social media some of the former contestants, even Erica. And uh, what did he say, if anything, about the application process? Because a lot of us listening in the Survivor at Home community and beyond have considered applying. Some have. I've put in an application. I know Alex applies every Monday morning. Uh, <laughs> like, what what do you guys uh, know about that? And did he give any advice on what that process was like for uh, for how he got on the show? We didn't spend a lot of time talking about it. Yeah, I don't we, think we heard anything about that. That wasn't our focus. I mean, I could message. I think him. we talked we talked about preparation after the application. So we did talk a little bit about what preparation went into yeah. it, and then also we 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 had like one of the questions we asked him a bunch of questions, but like, what's the most important thing you tell somebody? Who wants to be on Survivor? That was one of the questions, which isn't wasn't necessarily directed towards the yeah. application. And so, are you going to give us the answer to that question? <laughs> well, there was a couple a couple of nuggets that he said that I thought were really good. He talked about uh, oh, so one thing actually, this was some interesting insight. He just said like the importance of him his ability to actually get food. Like he he yeah. was like I ate great, and maybe that that's partly where they were located but he was obviously very adept at yeah, the ability fishing. to catch food so yeah but no he was just really positive about the experience said you know there's so many moments you're just all of a sudden looking out at the sunset and you're like this is so beautiful even just like being there he talked about that a lot too and just the different animals you see which I was kind of cringing at but he uh yeah just talked really positively about the whole experience and and he did say as a first timer, like there's a lot that you learn 
you you can't teach until you're on on the island mm-hmm. and so like just yeah. but you're like tr- you're almost trying to learn it as you're on it and so you have to be very quick to like pick things up i know? love it right hey, like it's kind of like you get one chance when you're out there right and you got to learn you right. can't learn from your mistakes your mistakes are going to knock you out and you got to figure it out afterward or figure right. it out before you make them that's so cool yeah that you guys got the chance to uh, to speak to a, a cast member great. from this from this season as well so um, oh yeah. my goodness, we could go for hours on a whole bunch of different things. And I'm sure we'll get to blindsides uh, as we go. But let's get rolling on this episode if everyone's ready to go here. Uh, so it opens up back at camp. Sammy just got voted out. Uh, it was quoted as he went out in a ball of fire, played his shot in the dark. And we had talked on the podcast last week, Andrew, about Carla must have been told uh, about the vote for uh, not voting for Cassidy, but instead voting for Sammy. But it sounds like she just did that on her own accord, realizing it's not a good idea to vote for Cassidy. Ultimately, in these open scenes, it didn't really matter. Cassidy's very much um, skeptical of of Carla here. And it, it's setting us up in this episode. They want to tease us and set us up with a battle between these two. Ultimately, that doesn't come to fruition at all, as we'll find out later. But the theme of the episode starts to become People who work together all of a sudden got to cut each other off, right? You have Owen and Gabler, Carla and Cassidy, and Jesse and Cody. That's in interesting. So that's two from each starting tribe. It's two. We're, yeah. we're here in the in this episode. Another theme that showed up in this episode was was acting or fake tears. Uh, Paul and Vicky, you know, you see Carla sitting there and the waterworks start with Cassidy. Is that something you would do when you were on the show? I have a question about this. I don't know. As do I, actually. But you go first. My question. So, I mean, you just, you see this like, holy crap moment where you go, she's just, so she's in the blatant lie, which I'm like, yep, you got to do it. You got to hold strong. Yeah. And Cassidy's fishing and she's going, but how can, and then she just turns on the tears and is basically like, how would I ever, I've been with you this whole time. And, and it is this like one, how do you make yourself cry in that moment? But the question is, is there a line for morality on the show. Like, I'm not necessarily saying that she crossed a line, but but it made me reflect and go like, okay, it's about a million dollars, so anything goes. Or is there like a moral, like, maybe, you know, like this is like, we're getting into narcissism territory or sociopathic. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting Carla was, I'm sure she's I, almost this. Yeah, not. I think there is a line. I don't think that this passes it. I think the clear one to me that passed it was the Johnny Fairplay dead grandmother play i think that crosses to what you're talking about i don't think this does but it begs the question where is what is that line where would be that line that crosses the boundary of like would you say sociopathic or just or just like how far is too far in terms of like your your i don't know like in terms of how you're gonna play morally right like because i'm like the the classic line i think is like it's a million dollars you do whatever it takes to win but that didn't make me think to go no wait a second like i don't know like well yeah. there's a moral level and then what's the rules right we talked about this with the going through people's bags and there was all this debate of like oh is that crossing the line but you're allowed to like the rules nowhere say you can't go in people's bags right so they're playing within the freedom of the game and nowhere does it say you can't lie to someone about your dead grandma or take right. you know someone's stuff or lie, like tears right that's not you're allowed to do it. So I don't, I don't mind it at all. Steph said it was crossing the line. I don't, I love oh. it, man. Do whatever you got to do. The other thing I was just going to hop in and say quickly, just before Vicky hops in here, that it, the way Survivor works, we all know this. 
final tribal council, the jury who you voted out and manipulated to get there has to vote for the winner. So if they sniff out, if let's say we play out this yeah. scenario, Cassidy ends up on the jury and has sniffed out this lie by Carla and the way she approached it and doesn't like that, she can ultimately manipulate the jury and that yeah. use of her emotion comes back to bite her. That's a great point. It's a democracy ultimately. Like it's like it's that's a great and and I loved your I did I loved your point about like it's like dead grandmas are are off limits. It just made me think of as a kid. It's like you can do yo mama jokes, but as soon as it's like a too close to like their actual mother, you don't you don't talk about it like that. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. where it went to. <laughs> well, the street rules will come back to bite you, right? There's kind of that yeah. code that comes. There is a code. It's like when you watch mafia movies, like Godfather. I always love that. It's like this inconsistent justice that like. You, you can go and murder a lot of people and steal from the banks. But if you insult someone's daughter, that's crossing the line. And yeah. like, well, it's just this inconsistent morality. But in Survivor, you do see these different things. But Vicky, what were you going to say about? No, I was going to, you already answered, Andrew. But Jordan, I'd love to hear from you. Like, Andrew, you said you totally think it's fine. Jordan, what were your thoughts? Like, when you, you saw that happening, were you like, oh, this is too far? Or were you like, oh, good idea? Well, I, Carla's goal in this moment is to keep her hidden immunity idol safe and secret and that others don't truly know that she's got, there's the speculation that we find out about, but her goal in this moment is to keep Cassidy, who's the one who knows for sure 100% she has an idol from spilling that information. So she has to try and keep her loyal yeah. as much as possible that she can in this moment. So that's, she's executing her goal. So I think that it was all, to me, yeah. it was all just trying to complete that goal and keep Cassidy on her side and continue that relationship forward. When she's caught, she's already been caught in the lie. Might as well just dig yourself deeper at this point to try and get out of it and see if that works. It doesn't really work. And one of the moments that comes from it is when Carla says to Cassidy, ask Jesse, he'll tell you, then yes. tells Jesse... And then Jesse tells Cassidy that everything you heard was true about Carla. Okay, that that's that. I wanted to bring that point up because that's the like the fun, the funniest slash like biggest mistake. You go, Carla just made this like whether you agree it's like a, a moral or not move. It was a, it was like a, she it was a a good move. Like it was like a I'm doing whatever it takes to survive. And then immediately goes and spills the beans. And then. She does this really good move and then makes an absolute terrible move that ultimately leads to her losing face with Cassidy. And losing what her ultimate goal was, which is to keep the hidden immunity idol secret and, or yes. as secret as possible. She lost out on that goal, lost out on Cassidy as well. It doesn't really matter towards the end, but it it's all setting us up for how do we move forward and how does this affect Final Tribal Council? Because you'd assume yeah. that at least one of those two likely gets there. I love it. Incredible stuff. So we move into this reward challenge and the, let's talk about the reward challenge and then see what role the, the people hamster, might like or might goals. not like. Yeah. So the hamster wheel, but you're strapped in, you, you, you can't yeah. move. So if the ball rolls, your body rolls with the ball. Uh, okay. So here's the question that I've got is, would you rather be the person who is blindfolded, who doesn't really have the pressure? You just got to listen to instructions that are coming to you, but you can't see anything. So you can line up and you can hit anything anywhere on your body, guys, anywhere on your body, something you could run into something. Or would you rather be the person who's strapped into the ball and you have the pressure to make things very clear, but you're also spinning and you're upside down 
and it's hard to fix and all this different stuff that goes on. I mean, <laughs> I, I like being in control a bit of situations. So I, I feel like part of me would, would want to be in the hamster ball. And I'd like to think that one of my strengths, even in Survivor at Home, when we have those challenges where you have to like describe things um, and get people to guess them, like I like to think that's one of my strengths. So I would like to think I would be, other than remaining calm, like Owen was so good at remaining calm. I don't know if I'd remain calm. Paul's making a face. But I think I'd prefer to be that person um, just because I feel like it would be nice to see it and try my best to like explain yeah, it. Yeah, sorry, I want to know as an offshoot of this question from Jordan, who would be more calm out of you two in this? Are you asking? Sorry. Are you asking Jordan? I, I want to hear Jordan. No, 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 no. I don't need to. As a married couple, who who would be more calm? Because it is true. You're calling out instructions. Owen was that was like a master class in guiding people. He was super chill the whole time. People would probably think Paul, but Paul, you get like intense in those situations. Like you do get like over this way, over this way. Like you would get, you know. And so Andrew, I've seen it. He's agreeing. <laughs> I agree with Vicky. Uh, I, uh, thanks Jordan for not taking the side there. Smart move. KS. So I would say if there is an emotional, something emotional at stake, then Vicky's not staying calm. However, in a situation like that, I don't think it's, it's as emotionally high stakes. So I think I'm saying, mm -hmm. I'm saying, I think that she would be a, the reason that I would not be, I actually would enjoy being in that ball. I think that would be a yeah, lot of fun. I think it would be fun. I think it's a great challenge. I think, I think the reward challenges are a great opportunity to try like fun ideas because again, the stakes for it, like I, I just think it's cool to do, be able to do these like, let's try this like crazy fun idea. And and, uh, and in this case, I thought it was a good one, but um, I wouldn't want to be in the ball because I'm not an efficient, clear communicator. I would over talk. And then, and then I would get more stressed probably and start over, over talking. And then it would make it more confusing. <laughs> like Cassidy was hilarious. Like, I don't know if I would have sounded like her, but as every time they showed her giving instructions, it was like, how do they even know it? Like, she's like, no back forward. Like, but it was not clear at all. It seemed like, but. Yeah. That's what was like, so impressive for me was. So the teams were just, so we're, we're all caught up here. Cassidy, Jesse, and Gabler are one team. Owen, Carla, and Cody are the other. Owen was so good at leading with just simple words. He didn't over communicate yeah. anything. He was clear and consistent with what he said. So he was using like left and right, but it was never wrong way. Cause what does wrong way mean? Right. Or yeah. no, no, no. As a, as a youth sport coach, someone, uh, a mentor coach of mine once said like, when you say that someone did something better, better means nothing. What does better mean? Doesn't really have a definition to it. Right. What did you actually do? Something tangible. Improved, yeah. Right. Give me something tangible. And so in this challenge, wrong way or no, 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 doesn't maybe no, no, no might help, but those types of things don't really help. Cassidy, at one point, I caught her saying something like behind or over there, but where's over there? Like they don't know, right? And so it was clear and consistent. Ultimately, Cassidy also did a good job. Yeah, she did. Oh, yeah. Got them she there. She, she was not bad. She she Owen was just masterful at clear, concise communication. That's it. Yeah. So that's really good. And actually it did make me think one thing I, I would do, and I don't know how much time they had to actually talk, but the, the one thing, and Vicky would probably do the same thing here. And Jordan, you might do it too, because it's something we talk about uh, as we train leaders, which is having a common language. Yeah. And so before you go in, that would be the most important thing in my opinion to say, okay, 
let's use common language. We're going to use these words, left, right, back, and let's describe exactly what I mean by them when I say them. And then if you get that down, then you're, I would say, sitting pretty. Good job to both of them, because when you're up upside down turning like I think that's the thing sometimes with these challenges I feel like it's so hard to see visually the strain it is on them physically whether it's the heat that we don't even we can't visually see how hot they are or tired or yeah like the fact that they were like upside down and trying to describe what left is you know like I think good for them you know I think it's good to remember that Cassidy sideways trying to try to give like giving instructions of the maze at the end. <laughs> That's so it's so funny. Like Owen's perfectly placed. It's like how it would have taken four more seconds to get Cassidy <laughs> in a spot where she could yeah. oversee it. And instead you're right, she's kind of reclining like Jesus at the at, you know the table. Like <laughs> there was part of me that wondered if you put Owen, Cody, and Carla in that exact same challenge again, would they go as fast as they did? Because maybe everything just kind of went a little bit perfect for them along the way, mm-hmm. but they also did such a good job. Oh, I would also, gun it, man. I would be I would be telling you guys just push so hard. I don't care. Go. Just fly. Let's and if go. you run into that, you know, you run into that Post. pole, that's on you. <laughs> that's <laughs> on not, you. You can't see. I'm not gonna that's deal on with you. It. Um, so Owen gets to the puzzle first, gets a head start. Uh, they're making their way through the puzzle. Cassidy seemed, and I say seemed, to make up a lot of ground on the puzzle. I think there was some tricky editing to make it look like it was neck and neck. I don't think it actually was. I think they were about halfway through the puzzle when when Owen's team finished. But regardless, Owen, Cody, Carla. Well, no, they got they got over their ball on the red side did almost go in. They were in that so, final so, pocket. So, so this is where I'm going to call out on the editing. Take a look at the editing. They When they show the ball going over the pocket, they never show the team there. So Cassidy, Jesse, and Gabler are never shown with the ball even close to the pocket. It's only a close-up on the pocket itself. I think that was tricky editing. I feel like when they showed that, I'd like to go back, but I feel like when they showed the finish, I look, my eye looked Mm -hmm. over to the other side and it did look like the ball was near the end. I could be wrong, but I thought I just I don't think it was in that exact. I agree with you because it was near that like bottom part of the puzzle. Yeah. But I think it was the section over from the corner. I don't think it was ever in that corner. I, I just I remember seeing a zoom out when when um when they got when Cassidy's team got it close when they show the zoom up and it's like really close. Yeah. I thought I remember seeing a zoom out where Jet you see Jeff you might not see exactly where the ball is but you see Jeff and both teams and you hear Jeff say something like. Yeah, they just missed it. Like, I, like he, he was doing his little commentary. It did seem like there was something where I thought, "Oh no, this is actually really close." But you could be right. I don't know. For I'm, sure. I'm, I'm sticking to conspiracy at the worst. It's, worth, <laughs> it's, worth, <laughs> it's just a reality show. That's all, right, Paul? Wow, uh, dare you? <laughs> I, uh, I, I think it actually was. I think they were really close in that. But yeah, I, I, I love those challenges too. Like you said, Paul, how fun would that be to play? A, it's a silly game. But to do it with that much pressure, I so you guys work at Muskoka Woods. It's a youth camp up in northern Ontario here. And I, I worked there for a summer. And I, I remember we played a staff Frisbee game, staff versus, I want to say, like some of the senior high. Jordan, maybe you're in this. It was like some of the section heads as a, as a senior, senior high. high or as a and I was like the staff coach and some of our other team. Anyway, we were talking a big game. We played the whole thing. It was so fun, but so competitive. And we were down by one, but we're like, we had the motivation. No, we were down by two. We got a point. We intercepted it back and they passed it to me. There's like 10 seconds left. We had the motivation. I go to throw the Frisbee interception. I threw it right into the hands of the, and I was for the whole day, I was devastated. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I was like this and people are like, it's okay. It was just like a camp fun. I was like, no, I, I am so upset with myself for losing this. So you just take that and multiply it by however, you know, 
to be there on TV with all that on the line. This is, of course, a reward, but the pressure of a game like that, it would be phenomenal to be just to be able to be a part of that. Like Owen said last week, just to even try some of these challenges would be a reward on its own. Now, can I just ask, would iced coffee interest you guys at that point? It felt like a weird, I just felt like as a reward, I'm not a coffee drinker in general, but I just felt like, guys, come on. I feel like you guys could have made it a little bit more appealing. It felt like a weird one. Or do you guys think that's my My first thought is I saw Cody just like pouring coffee into a cup for himself. And I went, oh boy, this is going to be interesting. (laughs) He's like, I'm just going to send it. Just go for it. (laughs) He said that about coffee, which was hilarious. It's like Um, Vicky when they play Survivor at home. I see that. They just send it in and their snacks are... I think I think iced coffee, if you've got a good like hazelnut flavor or some sort of flavor to it, would be would be nice, especially okay. because they referred a couple of times to it being a really hot day as well. So I do think if you get a nice flavored iced coffee, it would be um, it would feel refreshing in that moment. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say any flavor, like you just think about they got they are eating rice mostly, and which totally but i just at this point rewards to me seem like they're usually a bit more extravagant like let's give you a steak meal or let's give you smoothies and i don't know like it just felt to me like a little bit of and even them they didn't get really excited till he started describing the other stuff like Mm. again could be editing but i just thought oh yeah it felt a little bit lackluster to me like it just felt like "Mm." Like, I, I, I agree. I agree with that, that like rewards could be a lot more rewarding in that. Yeah. I just think iced coffee would be nice. Like they would, they well, would have enjoyed, they would have enjoyed the iced coffee in that, in that moment. It would have, yeah. like you get a good flavor. It would have tasted good, but, um, but yeah, you could like a steak or like a ribs and wings type deal. Even, like, or you know, they like do the that. shower sometimes. Or, I don't oh, know. It yeah. just felt a little bit like it wasn't an amazing reward. Yeah, I mean, for anyone out there, no, no, I mean, anyone that's listening that drinks coffee (laughs) and they're in the right camp, they would know that to go without coffee would be hard. You get headaches for real if you miss a day or two. So you've weaned yourself off. So you're actually to get a coffee. Do you get the headaches again after? Maybe not from just one, but that actually would be the one reason I wouldn't want it, even though I can't live without coffee. That's a good point. So I did read something today where Cody said, he regrets having as much caffeine as he did because he thinks that that messed up with his judgment going back. And so anyways, that was interesting. Just leading into the caffeine. He said he really felt that he couldn't sleep that night. Like he was up because he had had so much caffeine and he thinks because he didn't have a good sleep, maybe he didn't perform as well. Doesn't he also say the day of the challenge being like, my head is clear. I'm doing great. Like he was like confident he was going to win that challenge. <laughs> that might've been the caffeine. Talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Just the sugar, the sugar high. Cody has enough energy. Cody hopped <laughs> up like going hard after caffeine was, was a lot to, uh, to take in. Um, the other interesting or the other, well, that was, that was fun. The interesting thing that comes out of here is not realizing how the lines are going to fall because at the end of the day, the last vote, everyone voted together. Um, mm-hmm. every single vote, all six were for, um, I keep wanting to say Sander. It's not Sander, it's Sammy. Um, all six votes went for Sammy. He played the shot in the dark. So there's literally no other vote that came out of that. So we're kind of reset. No one knows where the lines are going to be drawn. Um, and Carla faces all this speculation head on, um, and about her idol brings back the tears, tears 2.0 um to keep it and convinces cody for sure owen's a little more skeptical of it but 
follows along what Cody's thinking, keeps Cody or convinces Cody she's, she doesn't have an idol. Not at all. And, uh, and so he's on that. But at the end of the day, they want to keep the boys strong. And that starts to become a storyline for Cody of, of wanting to keep Owen and Jesse and Gabler around and find a way to vote out Carla and Cassidy despite this idol um, or no idol now. It makes it easier to vote her out, actually. Yeah, it's a big talking point we've had a few times with how do people not know Carla has an idol or she thinks that no one knows, even though she's told Cassidy. But just from the beads, like, deducing that people have the beads so therefore or she was asking for them so she's got to have it it was pretty obvious but she does you're right Owen and Cody have that conversation and they seem like yeah maybe she doesn't but that leads them almost they say almost regardless she's playing a good game and we got to target her here and the breakdown by the way of this pairing they say it's random when they pick names I would always I would like to see that or I wish there was like a you know, yeah. you could see behind the scenes footage of here's the here's the time where they did the schoolyard pick for that challenge because yeah. it was one yeah. one and uh, like from each former tribe. You know what I mean? Right. So you had you had a breakup right down the middle, and that dynamic of its own is very fascinating, and it leads to I, I think one of the most fascinating conversations of the episode with Gabler and Cassidy and Jesse uh, Jesse sitting around the losers camp, disappointed but able to talk strategy. And this is where Gabler says this very clutch line. He says, guys. What if the three of us go to the final? Because we all have very different stories here. Whereas Jesse, mm -hmm. Cody can claim your story is his story. And Cassidy, Carla can claim your story is her story, right? And makes that pitch to them. And they're not, they're like, yeah, you're yeah. not wrong, right? You have to be able to distinguish yourself from the other players. And we've talked in past episodes about that point that at the end, you're pitching your case to the jury. You kind of want to claim as much as the pot or the, the pie for yourself. And if there's someone beside you who's played a similar game or and or been your key alliance member, it's going to be hard to take that away from them. Gabler kind of sums up the season to this point, changes after this, but to this point sums up the season by saying, all I want to do is plant a seed and see how you can go. Be, this, be the best assassin. The best assassin doesn't show up with a gun trying to kill the king. He drops poison in his drink in the kitchen. Yes. Okay. So I, I have some, I have some thoughts on this. So one, it's okay. So that, that ultimately is Gabler's like, like, um, MO. thesis for why he should win, right? Like that's his kind of like leading argument. And now he's going, now he, that only builds or boisters because Jesse actually went and made this move. So one is like, is that enough? Is, can Gabler, like it is a, it is a, it's very solid in terms of planting the seed. Um, but then the cutaway to that, what you just, that little quote that he just had, when in the one-on-one -on -one interview, he's like very confident, um, which I, you know, you got to have that. I love it. But can I just tell you my first thought when I heard Gabler share that story, I went, he is a heart valve specialist. And he just said, assassins are people who go in, sneak in the night and put poison in the King's drink. Okay. If, Did I'm, you going, guys... <laughs> I'm going, Dude, are there patients who no. know who he is? Dude, have you, has anyone watched The Good Nurse? We just, Steph and I watched that last week. Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. This I is a true not. story. And there's a nurse that literally did that to people, like was hey. in these spots. Here's and I am thing. running from the hills if I find out he's a heart specialist oh my in my hospital. Stop. 
No. No, no, that was a like a telling statement. I'm just saying. I'm just. This is a candidate for the cold open, by the way, right now. Paul's absolutely. That was like the first thing. What? I don't want to be there. Anyways, I thought that was funny, but but it is an interesting. Like I, it is. I do have a question in that too, which is, is that even a like a a a big enough resume or or thesis statement for your? If you're in the final three argument to go, I planted the seed and that was really the change. So to that point in the season, potentially when we get to about 25 minutes from now, no, but for, to that point in the season, if you can articulate it well in final tribal council and show the moves you've made by doing that and, and stick to that strategy and own that strategy, it's a maybe. Okay, so this this to me is a fascinating conversation that has come up, and I don't know if we've ever hit it head on. So let's dive right. in for a minute here, because what is it that makes uh, a resume the strongest when you get to the end? Like we talk about the high level outwit, outlast, outplay. Okay, but a lot of people say we have to have made some big moves. I say that all the time, but like even in Survivor Home, I, I say this a lot with Lynette's season. She did a lot of things right, but so many people voted for her in the end because they just liked the way she spoke to them, like she engaged with them. There's that social connection, right? And you talk about, can someone actually, is someone deserving to win if they haven't won an immunity necklace or if they haven't made a big play? But what if you're right in there? Or what about even someone, the difference between that Ellie vote where Gabler is, yeah, the one that initiates the conversation, throws the bomb of her name out, but someone else takes the reins like Jesse and makes it happen. Who gets like more credit in the end, it's a fascinating conversation. Yeah. Well, I will tell you the very, and let's use the assassin analogy. Nobody knows who assassins are. Like a CIA agents in the Secret Service, all those people who do these things, guess what? They never get any of the glory for all the things they did in their lives. So to me, I actually think there is a danger in being too behind the mm-hmm. scenes, even if, even if it's really good moves, because if it's not, if your hands aren't dirty enough and people aren't seeing enough, then you're not going to get I don't know, maybe the respect you deserve or yeah. should earn. So there, there's my thought. I was just thinking about the fact that at the end, there's three resumes and it depends what the other resumes are because, mm-hmm. and that's why it's just most important to make your resume as good as you can, because it really depends. If you think of a job interview, you know, they're going to compare you to the other applicants. And so it kind of depends how good theirs are. And so I would just say like, that's where, trying to get a big move, trying to get an idol, trying to be good socially, like all those things are so important because really you just want to beef up your resume and cover as many things as you can, in my opinion, because you don't necessarily have a guarantee of who you're sitting beside and you want to make sure your resume looks good all around for whoever's. And maybe the teachers, uh, sorry, not the teachers, they're like teachers grading, you know, your, your score, but maybe the jury, you know, it depends on them too. Yes. That's what I mean. Totally. Yeah, that's a great think, point, Vicky. You have to think the people that are going to vote for the winner, who are they and what do they value? Because that's something I've thought about when I've played Survivor at home is like the people who are going to vote, like when I've thought I'm going to get there, I never get there. But I've thought through like what kind of game are they going to respect, you know? Yeah. And I think you do have to think about that a little bit with who's on the jury if you're wanting to think about the votes. Well, and in this scenario, you got to think about how are you going to make it? Who sits beside you and who do you want to sit beside you? Yeah. Right. You have to, you know, Jesse makes a good, and this was a, an evaluation that I've had to make. 
he makes it a good a good evaluation here of I've played almost the same game and maybe a little less flashy than someone else beside me. And will people vote for me over them if I'm beside them? Man, even talking about personalities and ability to read people, I think that ability to, what I'm saying, some people are better than others at sitting there day by day around the, around the fire pit and, and knowing almost your daily power rankings. Like, okay, right, right now I'm pretty sure at this time, so-and-so is ahead of me. I'm probably ahead of these two. Cause, and a lot of times people get that wrong or they underestimate how much someone, how much sway they have with the jury or they overestimate yeah. it. So even that ability to just gauge kind of a gut reaction. And some people are better at it than other people yeah. of just sensing like, what is the vibe in the tribe here? Right. And you get to that final jury and just, you can then say it like, guys, like you're with me. Like, let's not kid around. They did that. But like, you know, like, you know, from day in and day out and trying to convince them that they, they're not as good as me. Like I, I, I've done all these things. Here's the resume, but you like, you feel, you feel it too. Don't you? Like you, you have to appeal to so many things, but I, I, I was talking to London, Steve. That's why a teacher came to mind that in, you know, education or different fields, even sports to a degree, there, there are more tangible metrics right and in some of your work there's metrics but in survivor like what are those metrics and i think as vicky you pointed out so well maybe season by season cast by cast they those actually change as in terms of what is what is successful yeah it's it is interesting i my general i would say i said this to vicky last night i think jen and i'm not saying like i would be good at this even or but it does feel like generally speaking it's the better move to be cold-blooded and know that you're going to get hit hard if you make the final jury and they're going to say, but, but, but it's about relationships and you, we trusted you and you're going to say, you're right. And, but that was the, like, those were smart moves and I had to do it. That seems to be like, I know there's like one-offs where sometimes people really vote with their heart and feel betrayed and all that. But generally speaking, I think it is like, you've got it. You've got to do your best to go. I cannot get caught up in the emotional and feel bad because that is only going to uh, put me in a vulnerable place that actually won't help me win. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That and emotional reading, response. Yeah. You know, what have you done to the jury and how bitter will the jury be? Like, for example, so one of the greatest examples of this being um, Russell Hans, who just kind of kicked everyone on their way out and lost two straight um, final tribal councils. He made it to the final three, two times in a row, but at the end of the day, just got ripped apart and everyone did not want to vote for him because of that treatment versus others who've who have been cold-blooded but also you're not being a, a jerk along the way exactly. as you do it that right? is what i that's and she what looked I think at you jordan she looked at you right there when she said exactly <laughs> I, well i tried true. to segue to it both, <laughs> times, both times that i've played personally with survivor at home just to bring it back to survivor at home Josh, who we were aligned with in season one, and then Jordan, and both Josh and Jordan voted us out in the different seasons. But I voted for both Josh to be the winner and Jordan to be the winner, even though they took us out and me out at the time, you know, when I was at the fifth place, because I respected their move, but I respected them and how they did that move and how they talked about it. And so whether that was strategy or real in their character, I believe it's real just because they're both great guys. But, you know, I think that's why I still was able to vote for them. Whereas I agree, if you're a bit of a jerk about it, I actually think sometimes the more emotional people, again, depending who your jury is, 
they can't get there. But if you do it and it's impressive, but you're still kind of nice about it, if that makes sense, I feel like it's going to work better for you. It's great. That's a great um, example. The only thing is that the biggest difference between Survivor at Home and Survivor is that they have this break where they can just decompress and go to Ponderosa and just go take a step back and go, hold on a second. Like yeah. there is that like immediate, like 24 hours late within 24 hours if you had to vote, I could understand it. But I think there is a reality check to go, wait a second. Like, okay, they got me. And that was a heck of a move, like a bit of a. Oh, I still think about that night, Jordan, months and years. We're almost at two years, right? On that? Yeah, it's, that's not a lie. That's decided. I do think, yes, the emotional wear off, but sometimes you see it in the jury. People are still emotionally charged, right? Like, even though they've gone to Ponderosa, they haven't gotten the answers they want, right? They haven't talked to those people. There's, yeah. there's yeah. still conflict there. And so, and this was their life. Like, they were, I don't know. I just feel but for those people. Their we, we've also seen in 40, Survivor 41, 42, and 43, there's been a lot of respect, even if someone gets cold blindsided. Like, mm -hmm. they leave. We see it in this episode. There's a respectful moment before Cody leaves. We see it a lot last season. We talked about players like almost cheering on the move as they get blindsided and, and knocked out the door, right? Drea, well, um, uh, I, I blanked on everyone else from last season, but Drea was a, a big example of that and a, and a few others. It was Omer, a big example of that as well, where they kind of cheered the move, even though they got hardcore blindsided on their way out. And, and respected it. Whereas you haven't always seen that historically in Survivor, but we have seen it really recently that they're not as bitter about these moves and they respect the game enough to understand it sucks to get voted out. It sucks to get blindsided. You're not going to be happy about it. You're probably going to be rethinking things for, for months and months and months, but you can take that out of it and say, that was a great move. I don't want to get uh, ahead of, ahead of where the show, but the point of Joe, you just said about Jesse, showing respect and standing up. I think that was a bad decision to do that. And it could have looked worse on him. I think it was, I, I know it was, I think it was authentic and real, but Jesse standing up in that moment to like, Cody could have understand and been like, I'm not shaking your hand right now. Like you literally just pulled a cold blood move on me. And uh, it just felt a little bit like forced. Like, it's almost like you've just done something terrible. You've got to sit in it. So don't try to gain back respect by giving me a hug and apologizing. Like do it like, I'm really sorry, man. But it did feel a little, anyway, anyways, I'm getting ahead of it. That just, I was thinking, it's like, that's a yeah. smart thing to do. It, it, you're right. There was some alternate motives in that, but I liked the moment, what it became, where there's a pause, the, the hand extends, and then Cody, you're waiting, like, is he going to punch him in the face or no? And then he comes in <laughs> and he meets him for the handshake. And I loved it. Like, I liked that moment. And then he even says, I'll explain later. He's like, there's nothing to explain, man. And he, he's angry, but. He respects it too. Yeah. So, but you're right. Jesse's, he was, he was not just doing it to say goodbye. He was kind of trying to put on a bit of a, a show or save some face as well. Um, whatever we know about uh, some of the social time and what's going to come. Uh, one thing that wasn't clear until this scene was uh, whether Car Carla's idol was in fact real or whether she had an idol. And then Cassidy just throws it right out in the open for everyone. And they, they kind of look around. Are you sure? Yeah. hundred percent. So Cassidy has now revealed there are two known idols. Everyone thinks there's only two, Carla and Cody. And those guys who were just with Carla, they come back, and we'll see this later on, but they they hear about that from the conversation, and they're, and they're like, okay, mm -hmm. 
she's here to play too. She put on all that acting, you know, her Emmy award acting. And she said, and she was lying. She has an idol, but uh, regardless, we have Cody with his, you know, he's feeling good. He's got the sugar dance going. Uh, (laughs) We also get clear. As soon as he does that dance, I turned to Paul and I said, he's going, I said, do not get too comfortable. Like as soon as Mm. I saw him do that dance, I just thought, he is way but too how good. do you not? Because look, I got a note right here. You can't, but it says celebrate the small wins, right? So you got, you also have to, you do along the way in a stressful game. How do you balance that with not being cocky but celebrating small moments? But that I okay, Vic did say that. I don't think he was being. I I don't think I think I agree with you. Definitely celebrate the small wins. But I'm just saying, I could tell. Uh oh. He's got he blinders up like he's it's, like it's almost it, like production is going hey watch this guy watch yeah, watch what's happening what I mean. like I just felt like definitely celebrate but at the same time I was like oh Cody you're never nine point five like never that's it you know oh, yeah. and you could tell that in the dance before it even got to tribal I was just like oh he's so confident I just it, in my gut I was like something's about to happen so, that's that the nine point five is what sealed the like. Like that's where you're like, because that's beyond celebrating the small wins. Even that's like, no, I'm I'm sitting up here while everybody else is like, oh no, and he's like, yeah, nine point five. He like, if is there a greater kiss of death? If there's like, what is the kiss of death on Survivor? Like the thing that if this happens, then you are for sure gonna like done. But I do think about like, you guys might be better at this than me, but I think about that overconfidence and like, if you ever say to Jeff when he asks you how confident are you, like just don't say anything higher than a seven. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just feels like that's just that's like a I agree. Like or at least don't be the outlier on the confidence. I just can't wait to uh, ask this question. Right? Uh yeah, don't be the outlier. Exactly. Don't be, I, I, don't be the outlier. Sorry, Jordan, I interrupted you. I, I was gonna say I'm excited to ask this question to you know, you and Paul and Vicky in Uh-oh. Survivor at home in the future, sitting there in that final six, final five, and and how are you feeling? And I think you'll have learned your lesson that not to be overconfident, not to trust someone. I think this is an appropriate time to just air some grievances. Uh-oh, people have picked up people have picked up a few hints so far. But yes, in Survivor at Home season two, the season that Jordan won, Jordan and Vicky were a tremendous pairing all the way through. And really but let's a, let's give a, a little bit couple. of background. Give a bit okay, of background. Let's hear it. To let's that. hear it. You tell so the story. First of all, I wouldn't have played unless it was for Paul, but more specifically Vicky, like telling me for months to play um and and join it and saying i would love it i i agreed that i would love it as soon as i heard about it but um like being on getting me to getting me to play and and reminding me and and i and i signed up and i i wouldn't have and then i got i got put on the same tribe as vicky it was we've talked about this a few times andrew uh on the air and off the air i was in a tribe where it was actually me and then seven women and you had thought to yourself uh, do i keep it do i not and you you left it be where the other tribe was a little more balanced men and women. Um, and you you decided just to let that be. And right away, I had an ally from like minute zero. Vicky and I were in a in a chat on the app that you use. And like, are we doing this? Yep, we're doing this. We're good to go. We were aligned together the whole way through. And now go uh, ahead. Almost the whole way through. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that was that was that was a teaser. So uh, so Vicky, we'll do counseling here for a second. What's how are you feeling? What what take us through what happened in that final five and uh, Jordan ultimately betraying you? So I I really relate to Cody from last night because at that point when we got to final five, 
I was feeling confident. I was like, oh yeah, I'm headed to final three because I knew no matter what Jordan and I, like I, we wouldn't vote for each other. That's what I thought. And so just like Cody, Cody literally said it. He was like, I know me and Jesse, like the way he was talking about it last night, I was like, oh man, this sounds so familiar. And that was how I was feeling. And so at that point I started I had made my vote and then we were waiting for the votes to get tallied. And I looked down at my paper and I started thinking, who's on the jury? Okay, what votes do I need? Like I was picturing myself going to three and then I paused and I thought, you're too confident. You're about to get voted off. And I started to shake a bit and like start to get a bit like teary eyed before the votes were even read because I just had a feeling. I was like, it's coming. And then it was one of those votes where it was like tied and then Jordan, it was a revote, And that's when Jordan switched his vote against me. So it was heartbreaking. It was like, he could have saved me. And because well, um, he had an I idol too. Reasons, but. You had an idol, didn't you, Jordan? That was, well, that was the thing, right? So there were my actual two closest Alliance members were the only two who weren't going to be, me and them were the only three who I thought might not be safe in this. I had an idol and then Katie who wasn't in my close three alliance, um, I thought had she had played three idols already. I figured there's a good shot that Katie <laughs> has a fourth idol. And so if she plays it, I had put a vote actually on someone else um, who wasn't playing an idol and, and I'd put a vote on someone else. So if Katie plays her idol, I would play my idol for Vicky and that would knock out the third person. But instead there was, um, there, however it worked out, there was a tie. And oh yeah, there was a tie between that third person and I think it was Michaela. I don't even know where the tie sat, but wherever Vicky and Vicky and Michaela tied, I think with two votes each. And then the third person had uh, had one vote on them, so it was a tie between Vicky and Michaela. We revoted, and that's where I was like, I've I've already orchestrated this. I got to go through it through with it now and and flip that vote. And so, just to be yes. just to be clear for all the listeners, Jordan. Um, <laughs> in case it wasn't already so vicky convinces you to play this like fun game that you end up winning which is great yeah yeah makes you a millionaire but, but greater than that you you be formed to become part of a community of people including uh your co-host here tonight like huh. think about this this did this right now your this podcast <laughs> doesn't exist it's not happening if it isn't for vicky bringing you in and does it happen if i don't win it though you, <laughs> keep going, Paul. You know keep what, going. Though, keep just... going. No. Fans <laughs> want to hear the fans have listened to enough of Jordan. They yeah. want to hear you rip into him. Go, keep going. No, keep you going. know what? Jordan did what I should have done, right? Like I and and I was reflecting on my personal game. I'm sorry for people who don't want to hear this, but like season one with Paul, we should have maybe turned on Josh before he turned on us. We didn't. My oh. season two with Jordan didn't turn on Jordan. He turned on me and both those guys went on to win. And then when I played the other short form version, same with Alicia, she didn't go out. She got to the final three again and I should have turned on her. Instead, wow. I stayed loyal to her. So and I, I see Jesse. I think he made an amazing move. Like, even though it sucks for Cody, like he did what I wish I could do in survivor. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I'm built that way, but good for yeah, him are. he did amazing and, well and the other thing is and I've, I've shared this before with yourself vicky and and andrew as well but i don't beat you in that season and frankly i wasn't in a good i didn't feel in a good safe position on my own 
until that moment where I could make that move. Outside of that, it felt like you had kind of protected me a little bit the whole way through. But I also knew if I'm playing to win and we're all being competitive in this situation, I'm not winning with Vicky in that game. I, I just, I don't think I am. And nice. good finish. There you go. There it is. That that's was well the, done. That's, Vicky, yes, that's, you, that's just the case. Vicky, you would do that, what Jesse did. Because the thing is, is as like ingenious and like tough that move was, you see the heart of going like, like I, there are times where I watch this stuff unfold and you're like, ah, they don't really care about this person or they're not really. And Jesse is like, you're like, yeah, he really doesn't want to vote Cody off. He yeah, likes no. him. He's got an alliance with him and he starts crying and he's like, but my family like this is for my family's future. And you're like, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it is. That's it. And you yeah. would do anything for them. Absolutely. So. He would not have voted Cody there if it was for five dollars. If it was a fun game like ours. Yeah. But with a million dollars on the line, as you said, Paul, I was really moved in that moment too. He's like, It's it's a million dollars. I want my kids, my family to have yeah. you know, some stability, some certainty in the future financially. And I gotta do it. And yeah. it's a great point. I think Vicky, you can appreciate that heartbeat in it as cold hearted as Jordan was. He does yeah. care uh, about you as well, but um, just, it's fantastic to hear. And anyone listening, whether you've played survivor at home or not, or a reality game, you know, Kel's game, we got Stu's game and so many others. Uh, these are the fun moves that you hopefully are a recipient of, but you get to be a part of this. Like, and Jordan, I can't imagine being in your shoes, sitting there thinking, leading up to it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, and you make that decision in your head and you tell a few other people and then you read the votes and the look on Vicky's face and on the look on the jury's face, like we saw here. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. And I would just encourage anyone at home listening. We have our fifth season survivor at home coming January 27th and 28th. Uh, those are the kind of moments that you get to be a part of in the game. Uh, my sister, Katie and I, on the production team, putting in a ton of work. And we've learned so much from doing this. It's been a labor of love. And I'll just tell you, this is going to be the best season for a lot of reasons. So I would encourage you to go to the website, survivoratthome.com, make time for fun in your life. You will not regret playing, especially this season, man. It's going to be, it's going to be really good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. No, and it's interesting, like Vicky, you're talking about you shaking in that moment. I'm shaking in that moment. I'm I'm about to make a move on someone who I've not only worked with in this short game that's been less than 24 hours, but someone I've known, respected, appreciated for a long time leading up to that. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I got to make this cold-hearted move that is completely against anything I do. But at this, I'm in a game, and there's it, there's a bunch of people that if I make that move against, they don't come out on the other side respecting it and helping me win at the end of the day like you did as a member of the jury. And like, I, I, there's many pieces, there's literally steps along the way. I don't get out of the tribe without Vicky. I don't get through the merge and the, the, but that's uh, where those votes. And then I don't win without you being on the jury either because you fought for me in final tribal council. But to even bring it back to the episode, like that's where it's so impressive for Cody. Cause Cody had a good plan too. Like his plan was brilliant until yeah. like, remember we heard his plan no. as the episode playing out. We're like, what? That's so smart. Like, and Carla was on board. She was going to do it. it. There's, yeah. Yes. He, he, and he also, sorry to interrupt you, Vicky, because I, I'm like, like, I agree. I go like, I almost went, okay, if Jesse doesn't pull that move, are we all still going, holy, holy crap. Yeah. Cody pulled that off yeah. because yeah. not only is it a really cool idea, 
he also outlies the liar, the the Emmy Award winner liar, Carla. Yes. Like he goes and outlies oh, her and convinces yeah. her, hey, this thing. And she was she was in. Like, well, really, when Cody comes up with this move, he knows there's only one person who holds the two or three cards to stop this move. No one else. Carla can't stop that move. Well, I guess she could not like, uh, no, she couldn't really stop that move because if he gets spooked, he just plays his idol, right? So Carla can't stop it. Gabler can't stop it. Cassidy can't stop it. Owen can't stop it. The only person that can stop it is the, you got to put your trust with someone at some point in Survivor. And the only person that could stop it was Jesse. And he, Cody makes the calculated decision in that move of this guy's the only one who can stop me. And I don't think he's going to try and stop me. So I'm going to make this move because this is how I get forward in the game. I get through, I've got an idol. We're good to go. And ultimately Jesse, who's got all the cards to be able to work against him does it, but it's a very calculated move. And yeah, I agree with you. It's a great move. Like it's, it's almost unstoppable. And the only situation that can stop it came up. And guys, how, massive of a moment is that for Cody to look over after 15 seconds of a pause in the tribal and to see out of Jesse's pocket, red beads and that idol going over. He would, he's like, what, what like he, yeah. you can see him. He, he didn't even catch up at first. There wasn't an immediate look of shock because he didn't know what was happening, but you see the yeah. red. That's what's so unique. The red beads are it. That's his idol that Jesse has just now oh, played and, and totally flipped the script. And then he plays it for Owen, which now Carla doesn't know what's going on. And Jesse doesn't know what's going on. Jesse kind of is figuring out what's going on, but Carla has no idea because her whole plan with Jesse is being blown up by Owen now receiving um, an idol so it does exactly what Jesse wanted to do, which is pull Carla's idol, play it for herself. Now Cody knows his vote's done. Carla knows her vote's done. She also knows she's safe because she played her idol. And everybody else knows exactly what's going on. And that, Cody's, that, Cody's sitting there. That was, um, that was the most brilliant part of Jesse's mastermind plan is to go the layer of Okay, if we do this, not only is it we're going to get Cody out, but it's actually going to flush out Carla's yes. idol. Like yeah. to get to that layer of like, it's like the lie beneath the lie. And she's in, as far as we know, I mean, maybe there was more behind the scenes conversation that I'm not aware of, but they, they go hold strong. They don't say anything to Carla. Nope. Jesse pulls out the beads and then literally, Car like they just wait for her to do it. And inevitably it was like, yep, Jesse knew and exactly that's going to happen. And remember last episode or at the beginning of this episode, one of the storylines that came out was they wanted Carla to look like she's got, I think the quote was egg on her face for voting for Cassidy and she didn't do it. Well, now she just got completely left out of a vote. She leaves this one without an idol left out of a vote and probably a little bit of egg on her face. You're just humiliated. And and physically down. Like she was hurt that day. I said to Paul, I'm like, she is going to be a wreck after that tribal. Cause I'm like, Mm -hmm. emotionally just what happened. You'd be, so upset and then she was physically a mess and then to find out you're going to a new camp like i was like how do you not have a breakdown for that so at this point we've just blown through the immunity challenge so let's just cover that quickly in that (laughs) in in that i thought carla almost broke her ankle coming down the first cargo net but didn't twisted her ankle up top has the at the puzzle has the cramp on her hand we'll just get through this quickly um one question did cody get wendled 
Um, and what I mean by that is he had Calling the puzzle basically done, but Cassidy called it as she placed the last piece and like pushed it in to finish out. And could he have called it at the same time and made a little bit of like a review situation? Going I think on? so. I think he could have called it. And in the, in the seconds it would have taken Jeff to walk over, it, he could have slid, like slid that final piece in. I, I think he, yeah. it was that close. So all that to say, because I wanted to catch up to your point about Carla, did you guys catch, I, I think everyone would have caught this, but I laughed out loud during Tribal when Carla's going up the stairs and Noel from the jury goes, oh, look, she looks like me climbing the stairs. I thought that was like Noel making that joke. I thought that was hilarious for her to say. I didn't hear that. I didn't catch that. You didn't catch that? She whispered it. Just the subtitles, yeah. Yeah, they put the subtitles up. She whispered it. But yeah, as Carla's like, because she's got to limp up, she cannot put much pressure on her right foot. And yeah, Noelle just said, oh, she looks like me going up those stairs. And I thought, I I was laughing so hard. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Well, I was trouble figuring some things out about Carla, because even after I wrote down here, after the immunity challenge doesn't go her way, she says, Mm -hmm. it's showtime. And I thought... It's showtime now. You've been putting on a show this entire episode. And so I'm like, were even some of those injuries a show? Like, I was just so confused because I'm like, geez, I just couldn't read her. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like for her, and again, maybe that was editing, but I just thought it was so funny she was saying that at that point in the episode because I was like, you've already been putting on a show. Like, what do you mean? Like, you've already been bringing out the tears. I like Carla. I know some people are turning on her. Remember at the start of the season, people loved her. And there's there's more and more people online even saying yeah they're, she's kind of dwindling off i don't know i don't mind her game at all i think i think to go for it i said it earlier sending it in with the tears it's a little over the top but you got to do it got like it's a cutthroat game i don't have any i don't have any issue with it but she is depleted man like that challenge def- i don't know if you guys have had that where you're oh. burning out like you're, i've been rock climbing or ice climbing before and you it's like i, I literally can't I can't do this and that she might have won that immunity right and then but then cassidy yeah. snatches it from her um, so you're right, like to that comment of her mental state going back. Yeah. Just this whole episode would be so tough. Yeah, I'm interested to see if they'll show at the start of the next one her just where she's at, because I'm sure that's a hard go after that tribal. Oh yeah, man. And yeah, the injury she's dealt with and then the the physical that she's dealing with and the yeah, that mental from from this and the emotional from this from this tribal is is insane. You know, the comparison I make is for her like going back to camp she'll probably just like spool out you know in avengers infinity war when thanos shoots the reality gun and two of the characters just kind of spill out as like one swirl and one like falls into boxes or something and like in a different reality like that's what carla will be like when she gets back to the the new camp that they have to rebuild in the middle of the night tonight or tonight for for them tonight out there is kind of spill out and and be done for the night it it will be interesting to see if if she can like get this new new energy and fight for it. I don't want to get too far ahead, but it is an interesting thought to be like, because it really does like that. Something like that would break some display in the game where there's like, I'm done. I can't win. I lost my idol. And you do see people kind of like mentally are like, nope, can't do it. Versus like people who are going to come back and fight. Because I actually do think that challenge, I do think obviously the physical toll and everything, but like, I'm going like, now at this time you're so you're right there you are she right was there right and there all of a sudden your hands can't work to me there was a that that to me is less about the physical exhaustion although it is and more about the mental exhaustion and pressure in those moments mm-hmm. now hard that that becomes well the mental toughness like you know mental health is such a such a big topic and, and rightfully so in this day and age but 
um, like the, the comment you hear all the time is like getting in your own head. There's no one that you can be truly open with in Survivor about everything, especially when it comes to the game. You, you just can't do that. And if you're too vulnerable with that, they'll use that to, to vote you out, um, right? So you have to, it's you managing you out there on the island and how, how do you use your mental toughness to pep talk yourself in a positive way? Right. If you're Carla, if you're Owen here in this situation where we've talked for a couple of episodes of what's Owen's real path to win, like he'll probably just get brought along to the end because does anyone see him as a threat? But no, it's too late he, for Owen. But how does he work within himself to go, well, here's the move I need to make now. And here's what I can be a part of here and try to give myself at least the best shot where I'm not down and out because to his credit, he had a great performance in that challenge, was right in a part of this blind side, is still in all these conversations. Last season, Romeo got brought to the end. And to my recollection, he wasn't really doing that. He was just getting dragged along through everything versus Owen's fighting hard. I agree with you that it's it's too late for him to actually tangibly get something done to win this season, but he's not acting like that, right? Mm -hmm. And he's working through that and, and through these challenges. You know, Carla pushed through that challenge as much as she could. The hand cramping, and it could have been a mental toughness thing at the end, but man, everyone pushing through and, and how do you mentally kind of control your emotions and, and stay in a positive mindset to push through the challenge that we talked about with Gabler at the beginning of the merge where he's going through everything that gives him motiva motivation, a lot of army veterans, um, some family members, some friends, some um, stories that he's read or heard or seen and whatnot. And he's going through all of that. And he looked like he could have done that. I think that was the one where you're holding the rope uh, on the spool. And he looked like he could have done that forever versus mm -hmm. Cody, who's working just as hard as him, but you can see the pain on his face that he literally can't go another second, that challenge. And Gabler looks like he's got the mental toughness to keep going, keep going, keep going. It, it's such, it's a topic that we don't talk about a lot in, in the show, but mental toughness is a massive skill. Well, and just added to really quick is sleep deprivation. Like mm -hmm. as a mom who was severely sleep deprived by our son, Jordan, not this Jordan, our son, Jordan, um, I, I could not function emotionally, even like, you know, just even professionally in certain ways. Right. And so I just wondered, they're not getting good sleep, especially if you've just been blindsided, you're spending all night rethinking those moves. Like, even mm -hmm. if it's hard to sleep there. And so I feel like that's something we don't often see is like, how is that coming into play with them mentally, physically? Is there a lack of sleep? I, food, nutrition as well. Food, yeah. yeah. So I agree with all this stuff, but it, it, I just, Jordan, you, it's an interesting point you brought up because like, I think about it, if you're, if you're going to go and prepare to be on the show, like there's a lot of things that are all like, I'm, and again, not underselling the challenge of like the physical toll it takes on you, but there are like things that you can do to prepare yourself really well. How do you prepare for being like, okay, I have to, I have to pretend like nobody trusts me or I, I can't trust anybody in my life. Like just to like experience, what would that really be yeah. like for 30 days or whatever? It's why what when we see, we haven't seen a, a loved one's visit in a while, but it's why when loved one visits come up, some people yeah. break down and yeah. sometimes it's people who you don't expect to break down because who's a good example that winners at war jeremy is a great example of that in his seasons that he played where his wife val comes out and he knows right away this is someone that i can trust yeah. no matter what and she's got my back she's here for me 
there's no hidden motives. And whether it's a, a husband, wife, son, um, mother, father, sister, like whatever, whoever it is, you know that that loved one that comes out, you don't have to put up a front for them. You don't have to have your, you can let your guard down and you just can't do, I can't remember who was, someone explained that in a, in a recent season with a loved one, loved one's visit, but I can't remember who it was, but that's yeah, beside the point. You can, you can just let all that down with that person. And you haven't been able to do that for, in this case, this is day 22. Well, this is how, uh, when uh, Paul and Vicky surprised Jordan on the podcast tonight, he didn't know that was your reaction. Tears, crying for the first time like i've been with andrew i can't really trust him the audience doesn't know how much time andrew took out of this podcast for my like tears (laughs) to be wiped away (laughs) we had to move it a whole other day uh no it's true it's true that and that's why i said that earlier this season i want to see that come back there's no excuse for them not to be bringing family out there for that challenge and and what that offers in terms of a relief to just be able to rest in that jordan you put it so well um i did want to talk here if it's okay about uh, the, the kind of the background to this big move with, uh, as I call it, Operation Aloha, just Jesse working off of what you guys identified as uh, Cody's fantastic plan. Carla, he talks to Carla. Carla was definitely on board. She gives us this whole confessional about how she people react when they're and there's fear, right? When they think they're in trouble, they'll just believe what or do what you tell them to do. So they're enacting this plan. They're going ahead. She's spreading that. Cody's spreading that a little bit. But then Cody starts to tell people no it's carla we're getting for but yes jesse's operation aloha and he he gets the idol uh he's had the idol i guess and he's got this whole plan he tells us about it and then almost like a twist of fate carla and cody are talking and she says well can i see your idol and he goes yeah i'll be right back and i don't know the timing of the production but it seemed like it made sense sequentially he goes and he goes to jesse hey so can i have that and jesse pauses and and then he gives it to him. And I would, I just would love to hear your guys' take on this. In imagine you're Jesse in that exact moment. You've already devised this whole plan, and then he comes and asks you for that idol. What do you do? Would you take it? Like, would you that, would you fight that, him on it? Would you say Jesse's, no? And then he knows your plan right away. Yeah, no. Jesse's you, confessional sums it up, doesn't it? Where he doesn't, he almost doesn't say anything. He just kind of gives you the, I've got it. And then he wants, it, and then I just, ah, I know. <laughs> It is, I mean, it is like a, I, I for you for sure don't fight it. Like, I mean, again, and again, it's easy for us to talk about it behind, from hindsight. Like, I don't know what my, my reaction would be. Like if I would, like, I mean, Jesse even follows up and he like goes to check in and he's like, Hey, so Cody, did you show it to her yet? Like, do you remember he has that line? I'm going like, even that I go, Ooh, that's dangerous. Um, but I do think there's like a, you just, you have to go with it and go, I got a, a plan B. We got to get it back. And just, which is what he ultimately obviously did. Right. Um, but that's where it's just showing Jesse's a good player because none of us can say in the moment right now watching it, we're like, of course that that's what you'd want to do, but paranoia, just all that stuff. Like I've just told these people this plan, like, you know, could you keep your cool in that moment to even think ahead? Will this come off paranoid? Like I was just yes. really impressed with him mm-hmm. because he kept it so cool. And I don't think a lot of us would in that moment, like, you know, it got reaction. To yeah. Just even your face own. would just go flush. Like yes, but even but the pro- I do. Yeah. He did have the um the pillow of safetyness of going. This was not like he wasn't going to be out of the game if he doesn't get this back, right? Like mm. his move doesn't come into effect, but there's still an opportunity to to like rebut. Like he's he's not at risk of being out of the game because of it. I don't so know, I Paul. Right. I think I think that the weight of that, you know, you've been in a meeting, you make this, you present this whole pitch for a couple hours, and then they go, actually, no, we're not going to go in that direction. 
you're like, oh man, even there in that scenario, it would crush me. So I think if I were Jesse, I would have a really hard time not being phased by this great plan to make well, the, a huge move to get out Cody. The other, the other thing is if Jesse doesn't get the ultimately doesn't get the idol back, maybe someone like Owen goes up to Cody and says, Hey, here's what happened. And they make a move on Jesse. And as yeah. long as Jesse doesn't yeah. get wind of that move, because the other hidden thing is Jesse has an idol that no one actually yeah. knows about. It's not a secret, like, Carla idol that everyone's pretty sure that she has and now they do know but they didn't all know they just were pretty sure that she had at the beginning no one knows that they all think it's gone so there was the potential that he could play that but someone could try to make a move by going to just cody and saying hey this was going to happen against you good good call on not giving your idol back to him um but now do you want to do something here and so it could have literally just flip turned and we've seen that before and so there was definitely a risk for sure. I think that there did there did seem though to me to be a, an, a strong alignment that Cody was the biggest threat at this yeah. point. Like like coming back with this move suggestion on Carla, we're going to get her. Like it was almost like solidifying like he is the biggest threat. So even if in the event that this doesn't work out, we still have to get Cody out. So yeah. here's in that alignment reminder that the group that stayed back at camp from reward challenge, Gabler, Jesse, Cassidy. And their options to vote out were Owen, who, why would you vote out Owen at this point? He's not a threat to win the game. Carla, Carla's telling you she's going to play her idol. And if you make this move on Cody, then she's going to have to play her idol. So that leaves Cody as the only other option. Yeah. And the best option to vote out of those three. So that group of three was very aligned from their reward challenge uh, loss that they had huge huge decisions that are being made there in those little conversations and just the ability for some people to even take that and run with it and tell the wrong person it, it but at that point in the game you got to go for it you got to make a huge gamble someone could have ratted on on jesse what he was trying yeah. to do right uh yeah. or to maybe try and help carla's idol not get played in the who knows but it seemed like none of it got spread they were like you said they must have been on board with thinking that cody was the biggest threat to target and they and they went along with it and man like we as we've already described we we head into a tribal which was absolutely phenomenal the music is even building like it's it's epic they don't know what's going to happen i think owen with that line of like i just you know uh later on i want to be like sanders long as it's not me but it's intense and as it should be like it's the final six but when you're there i wanted to ask this question too even though we've touched on tribal a little bit but jeff uh, is very open and honest about his questions, like almost leading in some of his questions. Mm-hmm. And maybe the most leading question I've ever seen in, hey, so yeah, you guys have talked about the obvious vote here. Do you ever consider that they're just bluffing? Maybe Carla and Cody are just bluffing and they're going to use their idols at the final five. That's like essentially what he said to the cast. And I, t- I noticed that and I thought, did a producer tell him to say that? Because I know in past interviews, he said he doesn't talk to the producers. He comes up with his own stuff. Right. But- that I agree. That felt very leading to like expose that unless he, unless he thought of that himself. But that's, that's what I was wondering. Cause I know that in an interview, the best questions come from the previous answer. So did he just deduct from the previous answers going, what if they're just bluffing though? And mm-hmm. outright and I, I would think with his experience, especially like, I, I feel like if you're the more often than not, you hear people say, well, I've got an idol and I'm going to play it tonight. Like Jeff's going to immediately be like, 
Are well, you... <laughs> come on. Like, of yeah. course you would be, like, of course that would be a strong move to block yeah. him, right? Yeah. It's a new, it's a new survivor though. Jeff didn't used to do that. And that's why I asked, cause even as we run right. survivor at home, I'm think I'm writing notes down of questions that he's asking and just that yeah. next level of, uh, I like it. I'm, I'm saying I'm okay with it. It's just, it's just, you're, you are putting more pressure on. Totally. Because people now to answer. people who might not have been thinking that, right? Like it's opening it up for things well, to maybe change in the moment. This yes. is your time to, to win the Emmys, right? Like this is like where you, like, I think it's a great thing that Jeff does because you're, you're putting it on the players and it's like, if you're going to lie and do this thing, like, come on, like, like let's see what yeah, you're made of. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I actually think, actually, I don't, I don't know. I'd, I'd be curious to hear what you think, but when Jesse does, like Jesse is doing the overacting thing. Yeah. When he, they I all were. Question is asked. But he really like they showed them the um, jury rolled their eyes when Jesse was like, "Yeah, like I, I we got to trust them. I don't, I don't have any part in it, whatever." Yeah, he I says. don't want to call their. He, bluff. he said, "Yeah, yeah." He said, I, "I'm not trying to make a big move. I'm trying to survive." And right. right, that's right away where Noel's like, "No, not a chance. There's no way you're trying to make a move here. There's yeah, no way that and, you're not." And it did seem like, and again, it's just going back to 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 Jeff asking the question. Like it puts people on the stand, and uh, I don't think Jesse necessarily did a good job in that moment. But none of them, none of them did. But Cody, Cody's wording, like you said, the nine point five. It was that wasn't just arrogance. It was kind of his trying to act and make a. a he, oh, we, Jordan, you brought this up earlier this season. He kind of overreached with his kind of yeah. compensation for the lie, and then Carla was doing it too, and then Jesse mm-hmm. did it too. All three of them were not great in terms of their acting, and it's funny because you know, as the audience, that they're all thinking they think they think it's all the same, but they <laughs> each have like a layered. Next well, yeah, they have a layer, right? Carla thinks that they're just bluffing and they're going to vote out Owen. Yeah, keeping Cody their idols. thinks they're bluffing Carla and they're going to vote her out with an idol in her pocket that she doesn't play, even though she's told everyone she's going to play it. Meanwhile, Jesse's going to play Cody's idol for Owen, which is going to force Carla to play it and vote out Jesse or no, sorry, vote out Cody. <laughs> and it's just like a whole, yeah, the the layers of deception that are going on here. Wait till Carla finds out that Cody had this plan, but then they thwarted that plan, but left her out of the loop. Oh, man. And wait till they find out that Jesse has another idol. How about that, too? Like, no one one knows. Now, I was wondering, Jeff goes, hey, so did anyone think maybe when you swapped idols and if it maybe you thought someone left, but is there any chance that someone still has an idol that didn't leave with someone from this camp? Is that too leading of a question for Jeff? (laughs) That's too too leading of a question. You, You. yeah, he can't allude to something that's not like out there. hypothetical. Yes, actual true events. But right. um, let's uh, let's talk about the vote though, and and even that was just epic. We referenced earlier the votes are cast. We haven't seen an idol played all season, if I'm not wrong. Right, because there were three idols introduced, and all three are still in the game to this point. Exactly, which in that in itself is pretty phenomenal. Usually, you have I always think to the Ben season, you know, scrambling and looking for idols last minute. We don't, we haven't had any of that because they had week by week by week. But we said. On this show, it's been annoying not seeing idols played, but man, there's going to be an episode soon coming where they're all just going to come to the surface. And I mean, if we want to talk about us talking on previous episodes, go back and listen, starting about a minute 52 and a half, and just listen to Tori break down exactly what's going to happen in the next episode and nail it on no. the dot. Yeah, she was on fire last week. She she definitely called this whole idea of Jesse turning on Cody and making a big play, drawing at the idols, but... Uh, I, I loved it, and and I timed it. I brought out my stopwatch. I went back 15 seconds on the dot between when Jeff says, if anyone has an advantage or an idol and you want to play it, now would be the time to do so until the time that Jesse stands up 
and says, yeah. And so are uh, we assuming that the, the whole, the whole time, that whole 15 seconds, he's got like the angel and the devil on each shoulder telling him, no, don't do it. To, you can't do this to Cody. And like the other side going, you have to, you got to win. And maybe it's not, maybe, I, you know, what? just two voices on either side telling him, you know, one, you got, you got to do it. Like it's about winning. We got to get there, you know, do it for your, your family, your kids, your I, wife. And the other side going, but Cody's such a good guy. You guys have such a good friendship. You can't do this to him. Go, go ahead, Vicky. Yeah. You had something there. No, I was just going to say he was going to do it. I just feel yeah. like, you know, was that also editing, Andrew? Or do you think that was a legit? 15? Maybe. Here's my take on it. I So Steph, my wife, she made a great point. This guy, like a street smart. He And Paul, yeah. I think you referenced this earlier too. He, as he's there, uh, is aware of the time. The significance of timing is my point, and of when to make moves. Yeah. Even earlier, like backing up for some context, he he waited until he heard Jesse's Cody's plan. That is before he started to enact his plan, as opposed to just doing that right away. Hey, let's get. So his timing is good. Yeah. Is my point, and he's sitting there. I think yeah. he's building for effect. He knows the jury has to see him. That's yeah. what the handshake too. I think it all. I'm gonna give him a lot of credit and say it's all very calculated that he waited for effect for the jury because he is looking around yeah the only thing he didn't do well in my opinion was the fist pump to owen i didn't think that was gonna land well like i felt i I missed when sorry when was that i missed that i didn't see that when was that he gives the idol and then he goes over owen and gives him a fist pump before he sits down i just feel like like, oh for Cody, I'm like that could be the like sword in the back. If he had just gone, yeah, like played down. it and then sat down and was like, "Oh, I'm sorry." I feel like that could have played differently. I thought that might be an error. It'll be interesting to see, but I just felt like that was like a little bit like, "Yeah, we did it." Where oh, it doesn't look like you're that story. Like I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting. Choice. I think that's a slip, but you're totally right. Those are the slips that perception is everything. So he, he, you're right. He should not have, if he could watch back, he would say, I wouldn't do the fist bump, but um, he, he, yeah. So that the idols played and then you're wondering, so there's no guarantee that Carla is still going to play her idol. And she's thinking, and I don't think Jordan, I can't remember a time where Jeff literally was starting to talk. And then she goes, she steps in. She just has to, she just has to calculate that in her mind. Right. Because where she knows the plan is, is the plan is to vote for Owen. That's that's the whole plan. So in her mind, once she kind of calculates everyone's voting for Owen, okay, Owen now has an idol. Wait, where are the votes gonna land now if it's not Owen? Oh, well, I'm I'm vulnerable. I have an idol, I gotta play it. Right. I think that's and it just took her a second to be like, but Jeff she, was no, 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 he, no, he no, was go. he was about to read the votes. He, he was, yeah, he was. There's been a couple of times, and keeping in mind also, Jesse waited as as you pointed out, you timed it, you've got the timer. Jesse waited a long time as well. So Jeff probably Jeff probably had a little less patience to wait it out again for a second time. So it's just Carla has to run through her mind because the only plan she knows of is we're going to vote for Owen. Don't know who she thinks Owen is voting for, but clearly it just has to run through her mind. Well, if Owen's safe, then I'm going to have to go. Like maybe they went and tried to get me, hmm. which was Cody's plan to then when she plays her idol. Now Cody's mind is, what do I do? Owen's safe. Carla's safe. I don't have my idol because Owen has my idol or it was played for Owen. W- what's, what's happening here? Yeah. Uh Oh, my hands start to shake. I get a little teary eyed. 
it might it might just be me right that's now. what was beautiful and fascinating about that it was like a move it was like a brave heart moment because it did yeah. it wasn't just like a he was aware this might happen then it sees it like oh you got me it, it took his mind as you said a few seconds to catch up and he yeah. sees carla and i think it just somewhere in there it sinks in yeah. and you see the jury watching and their reactions and and all of a sudden he's like the, the ball drops he's like you know you know the saying me. like i'm going you know the saying like staring right through someone he was staring right through Cody mm-hmm. and that, or through Jesse in that moment when you, you see him look over yeah. and you know, he's looking at Jesse, but it looks like he's looking straight through his whole body. Like, what did you, what just happened to yeah, me? Bomb. What did you just do? A bomb just went off, right? Uh-huh. You're just, go, you're looking in fog. You're going, what is going on? Exactly. I it actually, I, I don't know. I hadn't thought about this, but, but as you were, as you were talking about the Carla decision, like she has a very limited time. Yeah. like, to to actually think and make a strategic decision. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering if do you do you as you're lying in bed you can't sleep on the beach or in this little hut you've built at night are you thinking about every possible thing that could happen including so is she coming in going okay what happens if an idol Did gets played? So here's the other thing yeah here's the counter question I'll have to you is in the permutations of what could possibly go on did she think that Cody's idol would be back in Jesse's possession and played for Owen? Right. <laughs> that's, that's exactly. So that's exactly. So in my, I'm going like, maybe, maybe you have, because you have a lot of time, maybe that is something you're able to think about. But in my yeah. mind, I'm going, there's no way yeah. the majority of people are doing that. So no. he's making the right decision yeah. in that moment. Of course, you're going, I got to protect myself. This is not part of the plan. It's the right thing to do, which is, you know, yeah. yeah. I, I think at, at that point, you've got who you thought is being targeted is, is now safe get yourself safe yeah and, and i have a deep dive nerd question here for like the the few people that would really follow this stuff i wonder if jeff has like a guideline some his internal rule book with production of how much time you allot for that mm-hmm. between especially like if a vote is played or an idol is played how much more time do you give because you're right you have to react and it's like when you ask a question to a group and there's a pause and if you interject too quickly people won't share it. but if you give the space Obviously, if you give too much space, that almost could be leading too. But when I did Survivor at home, there was one vote with Rochelle where she someone played an idol, and then I was I did I kind of allude to it, but I was very quick to then say, okay, well, let's reveal the votes. And she after expressed, well, like I didn't really know when to do it, and I didn't feel like there's enough time, a window to like process the first idol being played, and then say, okay, yeah, I, I should play mine too. I would just be curious if Jeff has a kind of a general reference of like this is a 30 second gap, 15 second, a minute, or if he just goes by his gut. It comes back to, we've had this conversation a few times as well, Andrew. Survivor isn't about the twists necessarily, both the twists that just the players provide, like we saw here, but also the twists that the game provides of, of different advantages, but it's how, or, or different ways that, you know, tribes are swapped or the, the hourglass twist, which I'm glad we punted it way into the sun and it's never coming back, hopefully. But it's not about those twists. It's about how you play out of those twists. So the twist itself doesn't knock you out. It shouldn't knock you out. At least that's my opinion. But how do you react to that twist? So the twist here is Carla's whole plan and thought process of the situation just got blown into smithereens by an idol being played for Owen. So how does she react to it? And one mm-hmm. is to, well, you have to stay, stay calm and think through it, but she has two reactions, play her idol or don't play her idol. Ultimately, it will show on the scoreboard or the, the vote reading that 
playing her idol was technically the wrong decision. But does anyone here think that it was the wrong decision for her to play it there with what she knew? No, I think that was the right decision. Yeah. Yeah. Especially playing it for Owen was the cherry on top, right? It was, that's the person that I'm voting for and is supposed to go out. And that was yeah. Yeah. Something's not yeah. right. And yeah, people catching up real time that that was Cody's idol. It, yeah. The yeah. only thing that I wonder, and again, I don't know what Jeff would do in this situation, but she could have paused and went, who knew about this? And just, just because we've seen this happen, right? Where the, the, the tribal councils blow up and Jeff just watches them. So I wonder to buy her more time. That's mm-hmm. the one thing. And, and to go, mm-hmm. I, the only way to get a read on this, because if in that theory, and again, I, I don't know if that's like how hard that would be to think that through. But it does buy you time just to go. I just got to ask it's somebody a question. It's so and things things like that, that have point. happened. I can think of someone asking. I can't remember what season it was, but someone stepped up and asked, "Hey, did you vote for who I told you to vote for?" And then they said yes. And then there was also in um, David versus Goliath. Christian, remember he was like kind of nerdy guy. Christian, he um, they had idols played, and then he goes, "Hold on a second. And uh, like looks at everyone and does this little, I don't know what he did, some sort of calculation in his head and then played his idol after that. So there has been times where players have paused. Have they out, outright asked a question as bold as who knew about this? I don't know how many times that's happened. But like, yeah. And, and I, I mean, I just, I, I don't know what, like one, I've never, have you ever seen Jeff? Like, I mean, again, maybe they like cut it out of editing, but but like I remember when the whispering started, yeah, when yeah. the first time yeah. people got up and talked to other people, and you're like, "Whoa, what's going to happen?" And Jeff's like, "No, this is great. This is a the show is yeah. evolving." And what look mm-hmm. at like in my mind, I'm going, "Jeff's going to let this happen." And then at that point, Cody's going, "I had no idea." So now they can at least talk, and then Carly, Carla can think about what's the right move here. It's one of us two. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Be yeah. Interesting. Which ultimately, she played that all out in her head and went, "It's one of us two, anyways." Yeah, I still think it's the right move to do. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree, I agree that it's absolutely the right move to to play it. So Jesse, Jeff Probst calls. Uh, anyone has an idol? Jesse steps up, plays Cody's idol. On his way up, says a couple of us took a look, took a look at the social contract. Social contract's been a conversation this season on what does that look like, and they kind of rewrote it in this moment. I guess plays Cody's idol for Owen. That I don't. Can we think of a situation where someone else has someone's idol and plays it in like this type of? Si- I think this is a very, very unique move. I didn't even know if it was allowed. Like yeah. I was texting someone last night saying, "Wouldn't this be considered stealing an idol?" Because I didn't think it wasn't given to. Like I thought, can you steal an idol? Because that's what this feels like. Yeah. Like he didn't find the idol it was in his possession from a friend but the friend didn't say this is your idol but he did give it to him so does that mean he's giving it to him like okay interesting see i felt like it was almost like a i didn't realize that was allowed yeah you can't steal it from them but he's willfully handing it over to him yeah and the rules must clearly specify if even in like an act of letting someone else guard it they, you then transfer yeah. ownership. They would know that 100%. They would know that. Yeah. Well, yeah. then, Cody, come on. Yeah. Well, the other ahead, piece Jordan, of information you know that's uh, the other piece of information that has come out since is that Jesse told Cody to, to get the idol back. Jesse told Cody that he thinks that Carla has a knowledge is power advantage again. 
and could use that um amazing to, uh, uh to take his idol from him so that's a that's, dirty awesome move yeah. <laughs> i love it man yeah so uh everyone then after jesse plays that idol everyone looks at carla everyone is looking at carla uh she sees that plays hers uh cody's obviously shocked he throws out a a, a really bro um statement uh first vote for owen nullified second vote for carla nullified cody is staring the daggers right through jesse at this point and then the next three votes are cody 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 fourth vote doesn't get read but that was for cody as well he pops out a, a wow jesse with the i'm sorry just complete silence even the music was like the background it wasn't music it was just background noise was so perfect in this moment of like awkward tension good move but what's going to happen here is there going to be fireworks and then a pause, a pause, and the mad respect handshake between the two of them. Um, even if it's a controversial thing on this podcast, it was still quite the uh, quite the respect between the two of them as Cody heads out. What a villain move that Jesse made. You love to see it, man. This is what we've been talking about all season, the big moves. That's what brings us back at the end of the day. Yeah. And, no, I do uh, think it's important to say because you know paul and i are here that that kind of strategic move can only happen from someone who graduated from duke so i just want to give him a <laughs> shout out that he is a duke alumni which <laughs> makes sense he would come up with such a great that's amazing i love it and as we referenced before guys cody cody he's hurt but his, his confessional at the end he says it like my main man jesse completely backstabbed me it's a damn good play and i should have known better and I'm, he said, I'm going to keep having the time of my life, keep trucking, keep smiling, but F you, Jesse. And he gives them both a double bird right to the screen. <laughs> I love that, man. I love that kind of respect and uh, appreciation yeah. of the game. And as you said, Vic, uh, Vicky, before with Jordan, like I wish I was the one that did that move. So you can, you can appreciate it. And that bond is real. They're going to be fine. They're going to be great friends going yeah. forward. But Jesse is standing. Cody is part of the jury. We're down to five people, guys. Next week is the finale Survivor 43, we're down to Jesse, Carla, Gabler, Cassidy, and Owen. Two-hour finale next Wednesday, plus, I guess, the reunion show live on site again. Uh, Any last takes, though, on this uh, fantastic second-last episode? Jesse is still set up for one more move because he's got the idol. Even if my favorite scenario will be if he wins the immunity challenge at Final Five, then he's got choice of whoever he wants to go home because if the group chooses to vote, let's say he wins immunity and the group chooses to vote out Cassidy, he just plays his idol for Cassidy and votes for, let's say Carla or for Gabler or for whoever, whoever he wants to go home, he's got control over it and no one knows. And if he doesn't win immunity, don't matter because he can just play it for himself unless he's super comfortable and knows he's safe and then plays it for someone else. Although I don't think that situation would happen which shouldn't happen right you can't that that's like a you're, that's that's the kiss of death because it's the last time can you play it it's the last time you can play an idol right? last time you can play it it's the this is the last time someone gets voted out yeah yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome to see i think carla's going home for sure unless she can pull off a, a major physical challenge at the end that last one is always very daunting and late you know late in the season so i don't see her winning i see her going home at this point and then jesse um I think they're all going to be gunning for him and he's going to have to win either the challenge or fire. No one is going yeah. to take him uh, through automatically. So he's got a hard road ahead, but if he's in the final, 
Well, I mean, I would make the lot. argument. I'd make the argument that Carla, Jesse, and Cassidy all have the same path. They all have to win Final Four immunity or win Fire. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And that, I mean, that challenge. That's where so much. Even Cody, this episode, it was that close, seconds yeah. away. So a lot riding on it. Any plans, Vicky uh, and Paul, for a big uh, last minute watch party next week with fifty people <laughs> in your home? Are you inviting yourself <laughs> over next week? <laughs> You guys are always welcome. I've got the survivor bin ready. I'm always up for anything. But at this point, there was nothing planned. But what, you know. This is what's planned. Is it's gonna be we're gonna start watching it and then I'm gonna start talking two minutes into the show and she's gonna say, Stop talking. We're just focusing and watching it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have Let me that. enjoy it. Well, you guys, just a shout out to, you know, last time hosting for the last 42 watch party was fantastic. And that's what this is all about. It's about being together. The show brings people together. Survivor Home brings people together. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it's people that bring people together. So appreciate your guys' heart for people and for community and for fun uh, doing this kind of thing. I'll give you a chance for a final word. But I did want to just for those listening uh, who might be considering Survivor at home, who might be on the fence of like, yeah, it's but it's tiring and I. Not sure if I can pull it off in January. What what would you say to them, and why should they apply? It's really good. I'll, Vicky um, can probably even do a better sales pitch than I can. She's made than, a couple of successful sales pitches before. Uh, other than being prepared, other than what she said tonight, which is, I just thought I trusted somebody and they betrayed me, and I'm still not over it. Um, <laughs> but uh, but in all seriousness, like what the Survivor at Home experience is really one of those things that no matter how hard you try to tell and get excited about it for with someone else. A lot of times they look at you and go, what is like, this is, this sounds crazy. Like I, like it's unlike a lot of things and, you, and it's really hard to understand, but as soon as you are on it, you feel like it is, it's the, the flip side. It's this, it's like camp but people who know camp and they go, I try to explain to people who don't go to camp and they look at me like, I don't get it. Yeah. But then as soon as you do, you go, Oh, yeah. it's like the movie, the beach. If you've ever seen the beach with Leonardo DiCaprio, this like it's amazing and it's a hitting community anyways and then you, you go back and people are probably like those crazy people who live on this beach that was a bad analogy because apparently the people on the podcast don't know this movie <laughs> i've never seen that movie <laughs> i've never heard of it or seen it my point is no matter what you think and you go that sounds weird or uh i don't know if i have time for it i guarantee you if you if you were to go on this experience you'd go that is unlike anything i've done and uh it absolutely you'll be saying it was worth it um, yeah yeah. And I would just say, if you're a fan of Survivor, do it. It's going to be fun. Like, will you lose hours of sleep? Not just from the game, but because you're reliving every moment. Yes. yes. Um, will friendships be strained? Yes. But um, <laughs> if you're a fan of Survivor, you got to do it because there's nothing like it where you get a taste of what it's actually like to be a contestant. I remember after the first night of our competition season one just thinking when I couldn't go to sleep just thinking oh this is the smallest taste of what it would be like for these contestants and so if you're a fan you just it almost makes you enjoy Survivor even more after mm -hmm. doing Survivor at home so you've got to do it if you're on the fence just apply it'll be so fun you will make memories but also you know it's fun in terms of like a challenge and competitive and it's cool to see do you have it in you so apply would be my pitch. <laughs> and, and one last, just sorry to just last thing I'll say is um, it just to go back and give you the shout out too in this. And like, this is not some rinky dinky event. Yeah, it's no. so well done. The, the detail 
uh, and intentionality that Andrew puts into it yeah. is I like the first, I know you said it's been proved so much since the first season, but that first one, I remember leaving going like, how did you spend all this time on this thing? It is so impressive. It is yeah, so really professional. Um, and it's a lot of fun. So. Yeah. Really good. Thank it is absolutely fan. Having played it twice, had uh, family and friends play it a, a couple times as well. And, and to see all those who've come through the community, it's been really cool. And so we want to thank you, Paul and Vicky, for joining on. I don't know how long this has been in the works, but as far as I'm aware, it was just for the moment weeks. happened. Weeks, weeks in the works. Jordan, I was for real. I was told over a week ago that you guys weren't available and just had said no. Clearly, I was lied to. So I'm going to have to check on my trust on that one. But, how does it um, feel, Jordan? Yeah, how, how does, does it feel? Well, this is great. <laughs> so I don't know what you guys are referring to at all. Um, this has been fantastic. Wow. What an episode of Survivor at Home, the podcast on one of the best episodes we've had since uh, one of the best episodes episodes of Survivor we've had since we started doing this, uh, this little podcast. So thank you very much, Paul and Vicky, for joining us today on the podcast. You can find us at Survivor at Home on Twitter, Survivor underscore at underscore home, which eventually will get changed, maybe on Instagram, maybe not. Um, and follow us, and we will be excited as we dive into the finale of Survivor 43 next week. We will chat then.